Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Welcome, Regenerators. This is the 11th and final installment in our coverage of Regeneration, Ending the Climate Crisis in One Generation by Paul Hawken. It has been a journey, and I can tell you, I've learned a ton. There have been so many moments of unexpected synergies as I covered this book, unplanned coincidences, and more. When Indigenous Peoples Day hit, we were covering people and all the things that we can do to right our wrongs. When we were covering regenerative agriculture, we were also preparing to interview Tom Newmark, founder of The Carbon Underground. Today, as we head into Thanksgiving week and Giving Tuesday, which follows the holiday, I'll appropriately be diving into the last section of this book, Action and Connection. If you're new to this Regeneration series, welcome! And you may get more out of it if you go back to the beginning in my pre-interview intro to Paul Hawken. The easiest way to do so is to visit caremorebebetter.com and click on this episode. You'll see show notes, which includes direct links to every episode in the Regeneration series. And if you click on the category of Regeneration listed on the podcast page, you'll be directed to a listing of the entire Regeneration series. Start from the bottom and work your way on up. And while you're visiting caremorebebetter.com, I encourage you to look around. You can watch videos of my interviews with thought leaders, including Paul Hawken. While you're on my site, you can even leave me a voicemail and share your thoughts about this episode and series by clicking the microphone icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Feel free to leave a message with any questions you might have for Paul Hawken since I'll soon submit a list of community questions so we can answer them directly via blog or perhaps even in a second interview. And one last note before I dive into this week's topic. As a listener-supported show, every contribution helps us create quality content. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as $2 a month, buy sustainable merch, or even make a one-time donation securely right on caremorebebetter.com. Okay, here goes. A desire to act and to feel more connected to people who felt the same way was a major contributor to my decision to start this podcast in January of 2021. When I first received this book, Regeneration, Ending the Climate Crisis in One Generation by Paul Hawken, it happened to be my birthday, September 7th. I went first into this very last section of the book. I literally pulled a Harry from When Harry Met Sally and read the end first. I created my own punch list and published it on social media. So I thought it would be a fun way to dive into this last section of the book for us to start there, to talk about what that action list was then and how it's changed having gone through the entire book in detail, cover to cover. As this section starts, we're given a checklist of questions to evaluate our decisions and our thinking, with questions like, does this action create more life or reduce it? And is the activity extractive or regenerative? These framing questions can help continually guide us on our paths forward. 
This is how my list began. And I'll publish this on my website for anyone who cares to review it along with the transcript. Here goes. Number one, assess and fix our solar panels that stop producing as much power as they're supposed to. Well, we're on our third tech appointment um, in that journey right now, and it still isn't fixed, but we'll get there. Our next appointment is in early December. Number two, investigate additional costs to cover 100% of power needs with additional solar power panels and battery backups. Frankly, this hasn't happened yet because we're stuck on number one. We need to fix our existing system and assess what our power is actually producing, what our sun power is actually producing. Number three, plan a staycation that explores our local outdoors with the kids instead of flying somewhere. This one we did, and it was marvelous. No flight headaches, no having to pack complex bags or anything like that. It was a little hometown adventure where we changed things up and got out of our typical routine in our local area. Number four, choose a spot to start a guerrilla gardening project. Now, guerrilla gardening is essentially choosing a plot of land that isn't being used and planting something there. Now, I haven't started this yet. I did find a spot that I think could be ideal, but I'd have to figure out how to get water there consistently enough uh, to ensure that the plants didn't just die when we hit the dry season. So this one is a work in progress, but I've got my eye on it. Number five, move to a smaller trash bin for our home. Focus on producing no more than one bag of waste each week for our household of four. And I'm happy to say that we've done this. We've actually succeeded. Number six, purchase carbon offsets for any necessary air travel. Again, I'm doing this with a three times standard offset purchase. So I've only taken one flight um, in the last really six months, and that was to She Podcast Live in Arizona. I bought carbon offset for that, and I did a three times calculation. Number seven, capture bath and shower water for my rain barrels. Now, this was critical before the rains began and is still something I'll continue to do when my rain barrels aren't full. So it's not that much trouble. It works fairly easily. I just put a bucket in my shower and I turn off the shower when I'm shaving. So I'm not wasting water. It's not just going down into a water treatment plant to be used later, reducing runoff, reducing waste, and ensuring that our water tables remain as full as possible. And now this list has expanded. I added these. Number eight, reduce online purchases to next to nothing. Move our household off of Amazon. I'm most of the way there, but we do still have some things that uh, my husband and I have purchased from the Amazon marketplace. So we're moving more and more to local and trying to capture things used when possible as well. Number nine, shop for produce, eggs, and bread almost exclusively at my weekly farmer's markets. And this is something I've also done. Uh, It doesn't always carry me over depending on the selection available when I go to the farmer's market. And typically uh, about Thursday of that week arrives after having shopped on Saturday and I need to do some pinch hit shopping just to keep produce fresh in our homes. But it's working. I'm purchasing less that comes from out of state or from other areas. And I think that's also really great because it's supporting my local community. Number 10. Initiate buy nothing new, excluding essentials for at least 30 days every three months. So this is something I have done before where I've gone for a 30-day stretch of buying nothing new. 
And it is a stretch for the household because there'll be a birthday party that comes up or something like that where you might feel like you're expected to arrive with a gift of some sort. And so in the last time that I did this, just a couple of months ago, my friend who had her son's fourth birthday party actually said to me, knowing I was in the middle of this challenge, my son would appreciate something that one of your boys is no longer playing with, I'm sure more than just about anything else. And so I took that to heart. We packed up a couple of toys. The boys got really excited about giving them away and put them in a nice bag and showed up and they were played with by almost all the kids at the um, playground. And it really just helped me to see that it isn't necessary to always go and get something new. Like my boys, the same thing. If we are looking for a gift for them, I can buy something like a Nerf gun at the used clothing store that happens to be there. And they're just as happy with it as if they'd pulled it from a brand new package. It's really my preoccupations that needed to be fixed in this arena. So I just like to put that out there for all of you because it's been easier than I thought it would be every time I've initiated this stretch. And doing it once a quarter is something that I think will be very healthy for our family. Number 11, eliminate the purchase of new plastic items. Instead, look for items packaged in glass, aluminum, or cardboard. Now, this has been relatively easy to execute, except for certain items that I get at the grocery store. As a for instance, I can't seem to find a celery that doesn't come in a bag. So there are certain things that I'm just having to say uncle to, um, and I'm just doing my best to try and refine the sorts of things that I purchase at the grocery store. Number 12, consume no animal products before dinner. And this comes directly from Jonathan Safran Foer's essay in Paul Hawkins' book, Regeneration. So I am implementing this. It has been a little bit hard in some ways. I've mostly done it. I've even eliminated milk from my coffee, but I am still consuming locally sourced eggs from some backyard chicken farmers that treat their birds like family. So I really don't see that particular thing as being a negative. I've given up the milk and I'm not eating animal products during the day. The 13th and final item that I'll share with you today is changing banks away from J.P. Morgan Chase. I learned when we covered the banking industry in episode number 10 that J.P. Morgan Chase is the bank that contributes the most financial support in the way of investments to the fossil fuel industry. I've since transferred all of my savings to a second account that I opened with Capital One. By the end of this year, I will have closed my account with J.P. Morgan Chase. I just need to make sure all of my bill pay is moved over and that I'm not missing any vital information. So bye-bye, Chase. So why did I choose Capital One? For one, I already had a credit card with them, and they made opening an account online and transferring money to them really easy. I can use their debit card at thousands of ATMs if I need to without incurring banking charges, too. Plus, here are some of the projects that Capital One is presently committed to. First, in sustainable building investments. Since 2015, they have financed over $10 billion in renewable energy and sustainable building investments. In renewable energy finance. Since May of 2014, Capital One's commercial bank, Renewable Energy Investments Team, has invested three quarters of a billion to finance nearly 2,000 megawatts of solar and wind power projects. 
In greener housing, they have financed more than $6.5 billion since 2016 and environmentally sustainable multifamily housing projects that improve the energy and water efficiency of the buildings. In green renovation, they worked with AGU's not-for-profit headquarters to renovate their headquarters and achieve net-zero energy goals. This project included reusing existing materials in the construction of the building and ensuring they produce as much or more energy and water than would be consumed once the renovation was complete. So now I'm more confident that my money is doing good things, even as it just sits in a bank account. That feels really good, but these are the actions of one person, one family, and one household. A big factor in the success of any movement is that of connection and collaboration. Inspiring group activities and activistic pursuits through collaboration is but one thing that I'm committed to doing now and in the future. It will be fun. And heck, I'm doing this podcast. It's part of the goal to improve connection and inspire action. So as Paul wraps up the entire book, He reminds us of tools available on Regeneration.org. We can continue our knowledge journey with any of the subjects covered in the Nexus section. It will be continually updated, and it provides direct contacts to leaders and CEOs we can contact directly so our voices are heard. If you haven't already, go to Regeneration.org slash Nexus and check it out. And remember this. The goal is really simple. We are working to do one thing with this regeneration movement. We are working to reverse global warming. Not surprisingly, Paul shares the data. He calls for a regeneration revolution, because if we are successful in implementing all of the ideas that are shared in this book, we can avoid and sequester 1,600 gigatons of carbon dioxide equivalent emissions by 2050, which meets both the 2030 and the 2050 targets of the IPCC. It's ambitious, yes, and it's also possible. We are called on to protect Earth's ecosystems and wild land, but we are also told that it isn't all on us individually. Quote, it's not your job to save the planet. The idea of saving the earth is a heavy burden, and you can't do it anyway. Another belief that torques the mind is that carbon is bad. There is no such thing as carbon pollution. It is part and parcel of virtually everything we need, make and touch. Everything that is alive, delicious, astonishing, and sacred. We have placed extraordinary amounts of carbon into the atmosphere, and we know exactly how we did it. Today, we know how to bring it back home, to bring the planet into balance. The carbon we bring home is the food needed to regenerate life on Earth. When we feed the Earth, we heal the climate. Regeneration is a default mode of life. And that was from page 254. Paul reminds us that we are all in this together, that together, with common interest, we can change our trajectory. He ends the book with three final words. Welcome to regeneration. I must say, I think I'll miss these deep dives into Paul Hawkins' work. At the same time, it has been a lot to manage, keeping pace with two episodes a week and two young boys at home. 
I'm thrilled with what I've learned and the changes I've already made to support this regeneration movement. And I'm pleased that I get to bring these concepts that I've learned from this work into my podcast and my work life too. Next week is Thanksgiving, and I will not be releasing a mini or let's face it, a not so mini episode. It will be a welcome, thankful break that I enjoy with family. I hope you all have a similar chance to rest, relax, and enjoy your loved ones. It's that time, isn't it? So as we wrap up, I have a few very quick and simple asks. First, share this series with your community. And second, if you've enjoyed it, if you've learned something, I'd really love for you to send me a voicemail on my site or an email or write a review. Heck, you can do all three if you like right there on caremorebebetter.com. A little encouragement goes a long, long way. If you have the means, I hope you'll also join my Patreon or make a one-time donation to support the show. Thank you listeners now and always for being a part of this pod and this community, because together we really can do so much more. We can care more and be better. We can regenerate earth. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good. 